Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Mujis and I am the host and creator of the Kids Yoga Podcast and I am so excited to tell you about my new Patreon page. If you are a loyal listener and you've been listening for a while, I'd love for you to go check it out. So it's a monthly subscription service and there are different tiers and for each tier you will get added benefits. These include early access to episodes, bonus content from interviews that you haven't heard yet, and my most exciting is a community of kids yoga teachers that will meet monthly and I will be there to moderate and we will discuss our challenges, our questions, the biggest rewards, and I'll have former guests join us and you can ask them questions in real time. I'm really excited about this. So if you're interested, I would love for you to check out the page. I want to keep this podcast going and I just need a little help to do that. Thanks so much. Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I am Jessica and this week I am doing part two of listener questions that I've received over the past year or so. But before I dive in, I want to say special thanks to four new patrons on my Patreon page. Susan Rose, who is author of Let's Make a Rainbow. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. And Susan has been on the show before. Check out her episode. It's all about kids yoga in PE. Lauren Chadoff, thank you for joining as a superstar patron, which means we're going to be starting our kids yoga community, the two of us, and meeting monthly to support one another. And I am so excited because Lauren has been my mentor for so long. She's the owner of Yogi Beans. So we're starting that community together, and I can't wait to watch that grow. Larissa Noto. The lovely little Lotus Yoga in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, also has a beautiful YouTube channel. Thank you, thank you. And finally, Emily Fleming. Thank you for your sponsorship. You could check her out at emilyflemingyoga.com. She's really an expert on yoga in schools and how to bring yoga into schools, and she's got a wonderful blog. So check out her website. Follow all of these wonderful women. Thank you so much for your support. So let's dive into some listener questions. The first, which I get a lot, is what are the benefits of kids yoga? So if you are a kids yoga teacher, you're going to want to be well-versed in the benefits because if you're pitching your class, whether it's 
to parents, to a yoga studio, to a school, people not, might not know a lot about it. So you want to be able to describe how it's different from other activities and the many, many, many benefits that come along with kids yoga. So I know I'm biased, but I just think kids yoga is the best activity. I really do. There are so many benefits. First of all, my favorite is that you're able to truly slow down and be present with children to see them and accept them for exactly who they are. In yoga, there is no competition, there's no pressure, and there are no big goals. For example, in sports, the goal is to win, right? When you're playing against another team or growing up, I did competitive dance. The goal was to be the best, to be in the middle, to be in the front um, line, you know, when you're in the dance, to be center stage and the star. In yoga, if there is a goal, it is to listen to our bodies and to be present. So there's no pressure within kids yoga. And I think that benefits children that are both competitive and non-competitive. For example, think of a child who loves sports and who's playing competitive soccer or basketball or whatever it might be. They're used to having that pressure and competition, which for some kids is awesome and it's a great channel for them. So how wonderful would it be for them to then come to yoga and balance that out and to get in tune with themselves and see their own intrinsic value outside of the competition? Or for a child like me, even though I did competitive dance, I'm not a competitive person. I did the competitive dance more because of the community of my friends and teachers in the dance world. But when it came to the competition, that was never really my favorite part. So I think of, oh, wow, I would have benefited so greatly as a child to have yoga because I would have been able to have that outlet of moving my body, of having the community but not have the pressure of being the best. So for both the competitive and non-competitive child, kids yoga is just the best. Now, the other huge benefit we can talk about is that kids yoga fosters confidence for every type of child. Also, I just want to like interrupt myself. My dog Romeo is snoring a few feet away. So if you hear deep breathing, that's Romeo. Hi, Romeo. Okay, so back to confidence. Children who are athletic and come to yoga, they might find the confidence in the slowing down mindfulness breathing part. They might start to like that feeling of getting in tune with their body and noticing their breathing and noticing that, oh, I am in charge of my own body. I am the only one who knows what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And then for the children that maybe aren't as physical, aren't into athletics, I've seen so many kids who are like this, who then come to yoga. And after they've been practicing a while, as we start to dive into maybe more challenging poses, for example, I always come back to crow pose, which is a arm balancing pose that children really, really love once they've been practicing a bit. I've seen children find their balance in crow pose and just be 
in complete awe. Did you see that? And there's nothing like it because in yoga, we're not looking into a mirror, right? We're not looking at how the pose looks. It's how it feels. So there is really nothing that compares to that feeling of finding balance in a pose that used to seem impossible, such as crow, and seeing the child light up and feel so good about themselves. Love it. It's just so powerful. So yoga, another benefit, it also brings body awareness. So understanding what feels good in your body, what doesn't feel good in your body, um, really tuning in and noticing, oh, today this pose, warrior two, feels really good. But maybe the next class, you know what, this isn't as comfortable today. That's interesting. Or noticing, you know, the right side of this pose feels really natural for me, but the left side, it's a little more challenging. So when you're practicing poses, asking questions to the children of how does this feel? Where do you feel the stretch? Does one side feel different than the other? Things like that. That's going to get them becoming more aware of the capabilities of their body. In addition, kids yoga brings self-awareness. So in children's yoga classes, we come back to the breath. We learn about how you breathe can change how you feel. We learn about how we can use visualizations in our mind when we get quiet to imagine, for example, being in a special place that could be completely imagined or could be a place that the child has been before and being able to bring the imagination to that place to help slow down and calm down. So the meditation, the mindfulness, the breathing, all of these are bringing self-awareness, which are life skills that children can then bring with them outside of your yoga class, outside of the studio or the school where they're practicing, and into their day-to-day lives. And I really firmly believe when we're teaching these skills young, kids are so much more open to these ideas and they're very innate. As adults, if you know, I started yoga in my 20s, so it's like I had to get past a lot of the resistance, and I still do, of ways I used to do or see things. Yoga brings you back to that core. So for children learning this practice, they already know. And they probably don't have all those barriers that we have as adults. And so they're open to this. So bringing language to the mindfulness that they already practice, huge benefits. And I also think kids yoga is like planting seeds that are then going to blossom and grow for a lifelong awareness. And we don't even know when or how these things are going to blossom and grow. But I have just such a, a knowing that I think because I've experienced myself and because those of you listening, if you're practicing yoga yourself and you know when you've had those revelatory moments or when you've been able to not react so quickly because of your yoga practice and you've been able to take that pause or you've just found strength in your body that you haven't felt since you were a child. All of these things, it comes out in so many ways. So when we start kids yoga young, we're planting the seeds and then we're just letting them blossom when and wherever 
they might blossom. And this actually brings me to a memory of a private class I taught for a long time, um, a little boy named Freddie. And he was just a complete joy to teach. I taught him privately in his home and he was eight years old and he was incredibly intelligent and wasn't as into the physical practice. Although I did get him to move quite a bit um, through his practice by incorporating stories he would help create stories. I would bring picture cards and we would create a story and that got him moving. But really the philosophy of yoga and the mindfulness aspects, he really responded to. And I remember our last session together, he said, um, you know, this, I've really enjoyed yoga and I know it's time to stop now, but I really think that as I grow and when I'm older, I'm going to remember all of the things you've taught me and I'm going to bring my yoga into my life when I'm an adult and I thank you for that and I was like whoa like (laughs) completely mind blown and I always think of that because he was such an intelligent boy like he he kind of already knew he's like I think I'm gonna use this later in life so when you're teaching kids yoga you're planting seeds that are going to blossom and grow and you're doing important work. The next question that I get a lot is, at what age can children start practicing yoga? And my answer for that is as early as birth. And what I mean by that is as early as babyhood, when a caregiver can bring a child to a class, kids are able to absorb the energy around them as soon as they're born. They are full and complete human beings. So... Yoga can start that young, it's just how do you reframe it rather than thinking, I am teaching yoga to this child. Rather, we think of it as I'm creating an atmosphere of yoga for these babies and toddlers that are here with their caregivers. So what does that look like? For me, it means keeping class very consistent and repetitious every single week. It goes the exact same way. This is going to create comfort for both caregiver and babies and toddlers. Starting class with time for yoga and ringing my singing bowl. That is a wonderful way to start. Children love anything with resonance. So a bell, a chime, a singing bowl. Having that be the way you begin class every week and saying, it's time for yoga you'll be amazed. Babies will just kind of perk up and listen. And, you know, giving them an opportunity maybe to ring the singing bowl. Even if they're a tiny baby that's not sitting up yet, they can be with their grown-up who maybe rings the singing bowl and they could watch and listen. And then maybe you sing songs and do simple stretches and encourage caregivers to be very gentle and not to ever, ever, ever force anything. So if we're maybe... We have babies on their backs and we're doing little bicycles. If they're resisting, then then stop. And we just let them be. Having no pressure for babies or toddlers to quote-unquote follow along, that's huge. So letting caregivers know, hey, listen, your one-year-old might be running around the room the entire class. That's okay. Let them do that. Yoga is about having expansiveness, not restriction. So even 
a one-year-old baby, even if they're not fully aware of exactly what's happening in their yoga class, they know when I come to yoga, I have this teacher who's very warm and inviting and I never feel like I'm being forced to do anything and I have fun. To me, that's yoga. That's introducing yoga. You know, having that inclusivity, that is yoga. And then going up with the ages, once we get to preschool age, I mean, this age, it's incredible how they respond to yoga. And at this age, you can start introducing more games, like a freeze yoga or yogi says. Thinking of those classic childhood games and then just reframing them into a yoga context. And then, of course, once we get older and we're into school age, then kids, we can really get into the philosophy of yoga and all eight limbs of yoga. It's really endless. So my answer to what age is kids yoga good for or what what age can they start? They could start as soon as they're born. And the final question I'll cover is, what do you wish parents knew about kids yoga? And I love this question so much because I think a lot of adults are going to have preconceived ideas about yoga and therefore be confused about how yoga can ever be fun for kids. What I wish parents knew and what I tried to convey is that kids yoga is different than adult yoga. Kids yoga is fun, energetic, and playful, and it's not going to be quiet and serious like an adult yoga class. It's going to be messy. It's going to be louder. There's going to be music. You know, there's going to be games. It's not that we're dumbing it down. That's not it at all. We are just presenting the yoga in a developmentally appropriate way for the children so that we're able to spike their interest, to get them involved, and to get them excited. So kids yoga is more about sharing the energy and principles of yoga in ways that make sense for kids rather than creating a class that looks like an adult class where you're flowing through poses and then maybe talk a little bit about breathing and a little bit about philosophy. We have the gift and benefit when we teach children's yoga of really bringing in all eight limbs into the classes we teach because there's a lot more discussion and back and forth with the kids and experimentation. So what do I wish parents knew about kids yoga? It's fun, it's energetic, it's playful, and it's a place for your children to build lifelong skills that can help them to be more well-adjusted, more self-aware, and more content in their life. I mean, what is better than that? (laughs) Having an activity that could translate into their life. I feel like I said that a million times this episode, but it's just so true. I want to wrap up this week's episode with a little kids yoga gem, a little pointer in how you might be able to incorporate mindfulness and yoga into the day-to-day with your own children or children in your life or children that you teach. So when a child is experiencing 
big feelings, whether that be nervousness, anxiousness, maybe being really excited about something. A great question you can ask is, how does that feel in your body? So if a child is maybe having a hard time processing it, what they're feeling, first you want to be, be there with them, be present with them until they're at a point where they might be able to talk about it, right? So if they're in a high activation point, you're not going to start asking them questions then. You're just going to be present with them and letting them know that they're safe and you're with them. But if your child, and this is for kids, I would say like four and up, maybe five and up, depending on the child, if they're experiencing a big emotion, if they're calm enough, you can ask, how does that feel in your body? Start there. Oftentimes you'll be surprised how well they articulate how it feels in their body, especially if you ask this question a lot. Um, my daughter always surprises me. She'll be like, well, I just feel it in my stomach and it's, it's like a really burning feeling. And, you know, she'll kind of describe it for me and we'll just say, okay, you know, I, I understand that. And she'll often ask, like, have you ever felt that? I'll say, yes, I have. I know what you mean. So it's like finding that comfort and like, oh, okay, this is normal. And then if they're having trouble articulating how it feels in their body, you can ask other questions like, do you feel it in a specific part of your body? Like in your arms, or your legs, or your belly, or is it like a hot or a cold feeling? Or is any part of your body tender? Like, does it feel like it hurts a little? Or is it like a sharp feeling? And describing these words to them. And then... If they're able to, they might describe it. If not, it's okay. We'll just say, let's just notice and breathe together. Because guess what? Every feeling passes. So an example of this, um, the other day, my sister-in-law invited us over to go swimming. And, you know, we haven't seen our family or my niece and nephew very much because of the pandemic. And this was very exciting that we were going to go over to their house. And so, and I mentioned it to my daughter. I was like, do you want to go swim, you know, at Aunt Jamie's house? And she was like, yes. Oh, my whole body just heated up and it's powering up from my feet. It's powering up all the way up through my head. It was so cute. But I like, I know what she means, you know, like when you're really excited about something and like your whole body kind of powers up, as she said, or like activates, it was so cute to hear her describe it. So that's just something I wanted to share. I'm sure children are already doing this innately, but asking that question, how does it feel in your body? It's such a good place to start and to have that discussion kind of open up and to help kids feel less alone in their big feelings. So that's where I'm going to end today. I feel like I could talk on and on and on about all of this, which is why I started this podcast. But thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who have been listening for so long, I appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast, I've got over 60 episodes for you to go to check out. Tons of interviews with kids yoga professionals from all around the globe so much good information, so much inspiration, and also some more episodes of, 
of me describing my knowledge and there's even some kids yoga adventures mixed in there so check it out i hope you enjoy this week next week we will return back to our interview style episodes and i can't wait to share some wonderful conversations with you so have a wonderful day and see you soon thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to support the kids yoga podcast here are a few ways you can do that visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com here you'll see a link to my patreon page and you will see different monthly subscriptions which will offer you added benefits you can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.